You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. Going on, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network at 95.7 The Game. Please download the Odyssey app, rate us, subscribe to us there. Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings with you as always, coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. Mark, we're going to be getting into a couple of 49ers that we feel like need to take off in the upcoming season in 2023. We're going to be discussing uh, some of the offensive rankings that we've seen surrounding the 49ers, what we I don't know, maybe think is fair or foul about them, and then we'll have some fun towards the end getting into our favorite, best, most ridiculous, whatever you want to call it, off-season rumor. Uh, but before we dive headfirst into all that, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, enjoyed a nice weekend out of town, which was good. Back back in the city, of course, though, can't be gone for too long. Uh, enjoyed Father's Day. Didn't get to see my dad. They were out on a trip, actually, my parents were, so I didn't get to see my dad on Father's Day, but gave him a call, talked to him for a while, didn't talk Niners with him because it is a little bit of a, a downtime, uh, but managed to talk some some Giants with my dad as, as they're playing great baseball right now. But overall, I'm doing well. It was a good weekend. Good to be back in town. But uh, how about you? How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, doing well. Happy Father's Day belatedly to all of those out there that uh, recognize their fathers, their <laughs> grandfathers, their sons. Uh, you and I, of course, are still waiting on the latter part of that journey, but we'll try and keep it that way. And no, yeah, my, my dad's not in town either. Uh, he's actually across the pond over in Europe. So Ooh. called him as he was going to sleep. Uh, not a whole lot of sports during his day, but if he was back home, I imagine he would either be at a game or be listening to a game or something along those lines, uh, whether it's golf or baseball, all that good stuff. Uh, but you're right. The 49ers don't exactly have a lot going on, Mark, but we do have some things to discuss as always. And, you know, had an opportunity this week to kind of think about some of, uh, you know, our conversations, the direction of our podcast, where we wanted this episode to go. And I just kept coming back to the, that, that Brandon, I, quote about taking off. And so, decided we could kind of pitch the question, like which 49ers need to take off in the 2023 season. And I think there's a lot of different ways you could go with it, different ways you could define taking off. Uh, but it's kind of funny because I feel like the, one of the few people that I don't believe actually needs to take off <laughs> is the guy who said it himself, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the 49ers absolutely need Ayuk to have a fantastic season uh, to have success. I think their offense, as we'll talk about in a little bit, is one of the best in the league. So they don't need Ayuk to just be the, the star of the show. Um, I do think there are some candidates on offense that we can get into. But honestly, for me, Evan, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball first. If you had to pick out one area of weakness, aside from just depth, like a, a starting spot that is a little weak, you would probably pick the second cornerback spot and that's likely going to be occupied by Diamador Lenore so for me Evan when you think of all right which player progressing beyond your expectations which player improving which player doing way better than he did in 2022 would have the biggest impact on the 49ers success in 2023 for me I think it's Diamador Lenore without Jimmy Ward to play the nickel spot um, there are uh, question marks there as well, but there's also a question mark at that second corner spot. Uh, I think Diamond Lenore 
one, I feel relatively confident that he's going to take a step forward. Now, who knows if it's going to be such a, a large step forward that you could, you know, qualify it as taking off. That that definition probably varies for, for most of us. Um, but I think he's going to take a step forward. And if he is to take a gigantic step forward, I think that has a gigantic impact on the 49ers defense as a whole. You already have one really good corner on the other side in Mooney Ward. Your safety position for the for the most part right now is is pretty locked up. Talanoa Hufunga, an all pro, a pro bowler. Tayshawn Gibson, a veteran who's going to be around likely for one more year. Your first pick in the draft this year it was not a first round pick, but it was your first pick. Jair Brown from Penn State getting rave reviews so far in the offseason. And then, of course, you know about the linebacking core. It's elite. You know about, you know, the, the four starters on the defensive line. Aside from J- Drake Jackson, who, who might be a candidate for this segment, Evan, they're all stars there as well. So for me, I think it's Diamondor Lenore. If the 49ers happen to luck into another really good corner that they kind of pulled out of thin air late in the draft a couple of seasons ago, I think this defense suddenly th- their ceiling becomes not only one of the best defenses in the league, but but by far the best defense in the NFL. That's how, I think, impactful a big jump from Diamondor Lenore can be for the 49ers, especially in a league nowadays, which is so pass-heavy. So for me, uh, if the 49ers are to, to accomplish everything that they want, I think Diamondor Lenore taking off uh, would be one way to get there. So so he's the first name for me that popped into my mind. Yeah, I think there's multiple ways you can interpret taking off. To me, if you're looking at a player that needs to make the biggest leap in order to be an impactful part of this upcoming season, I think it is the guy that you mentioned, Drake Jackson, towards mm. the end. Because he is probably going to be you know, considered the weak link just by process of elimination on that defensive end position on the D line, should he get the opportunity to start. And also I think because of the guys that filled that void last year that are now gone, because you look at a Charles Amenehu, you look at a Samson Ebukam, you look at even a Jordan Willis, all defensive ends or, you know, kind of the hybrid outside linebackers that, uh, were pass rushers primarily, and that rotated in to give that D'Amico Ryan-led defense a really, you know, a, a solid boost, an injection of life outside of Nick Bosa, who of course is playing all three downs. So, and Drake Jackson at this point has put on, you know, 15 pounds of muscle, and he's in the three plates club now, sure. and he has made all these physical leaps, and now it's about putting that on tape. It's about putting it on the field. And I think if he can do that, an already stellar defensive line is going to give him more opportunities to do that. And so for me, Drake Jackson, I want to see a guy that you know last season had just under a 4% pressure rate take a leap up to a 5 or a 6. That may not sound like a whole hell of a lot, but that number is going to result in even more pressure by that defense, which should help a player like Diamador Lenore look towards. And I think he needs to take off this year, Mark, just because of how important he is to the rest of that D-line. Yeah, no. uh, I mean, that was the other candidate for me, at least on the defensive side of the football. He was uh, a part part of the defense last year, especially early in the year, that, that exceeded expectations. But then things struggled 
for him. And he, there were a lot of healthy scratches. He didn't play uh, healthy inactives, I should say. And he had, you know, not the best second half of his rookie year. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And you're right. If he does take off, he locks up that second defensive end spot. He takes pressure off of Nick Bosa on one side. You have stars on the inside, specifically Javon Hargrave. Who are you going to double team? Who are you not going to double team? Who are you going to leave on single coverage? So I'm with you. If Drake Jackson takes off, this 49ers defense uh, takes another step forward and, and they reach a different level. Um, I think you can also look to the offensive line. Um, and I think specifically, I think you, there's probably three guys you could point to, Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, and Colton McKivitz. You could probably maybe talk about Jake Brendel as well, but he seems to be the most established of the bunch. I think it's Aaron Banks. I, I really believe in his potential in this league. Remember, he didn't start as a rookie, didn't really play at all as a rookie, and Everyone is talking about how this was a, a failed early round pick. Uh, I can't believe that the 49ers made that selection. Didn't play as a rookie, but came out last year and started every single game and held up for the most part. Wasn't great. Wasn't elite by any stretch of the imagination, but he also wasn't bad. And for a first year starter, second year out of college, I thought did a pretty good job. But if you are able to, if you're Aaron Banks, you take a, a giant step forward, you quote unquote take off alongside Trent Williams, suddenly the offensive line goes from a position of where you, you, you kind of are questioning what it's going to, to be and how good it's going to be. Can they protect Brock Purdy or whoever's throwing uh, passes for the 49ers this year? It's a question mark right now. And that, that's a hundred percent fair and, and we'll see how it does play out. But if someone like Aaron Banks can take a gigantic step forward, this offensive line becomes a position of strength. Now, there is still the right side of the offensive line, and, and you could pick someone else on the offensive line other than Aaron Banks. I don't know where your mind goes. Um, but if Aaron Banks, I, I think probably of the group, is the most likely to have a, a big step forward, if that does happen, this offensive line transforms a bit for the 49ers. Yeah, I think my mind would first go to Colt McKivitz just because I, I've seen enough of Banks. I've seen enough of Burford. I've even seen some of Brendel, but McKivitz in a starting role does still give me pause. Uh, the, the other place my mind goes to, so we talked about the first definition, which is someone that has the greatest room to leap. And Drake Jackson is kind of starting at the bottom of the barrel from that perspective. So I think he make a big leap. The other guy uh, on offense to me, Mark, is... You know, I'm, I'm looking at a guy that can realistically take a huge leap and, because he's shown it before. And it's a guy who's defined last season as awful. And that's mm. Debo Samuel. Like he he is the one. And we're talking about the position, you know, the skill position players. Brandon Ayuk saying, I, I'm going to take off this year. Now, I think Debo Samuel is saying that, too. And he needs to not just because I think he's an important piece of this offense. But if you also look at the other receivers in his class, Mark, other guys that got paid, uh, those other guys have put together more than one quality season of football to which Debo Samuel, unfortunately, cannot say at this point. He can say he maybe had the best season out of all of the guys in his class of the four years that he's played, but he hasn't put together consecutive ones yet or multiple ones. And I'm looking at 
A.J. Brown, who in his second season was a pro bowler, then regressed his third year in, in Tennessee, had to change his scenery, became the number one weapon on the outside for a team that went to the Super Bowl. I'm looking at Terry McLaurin, who got paid in Washington, who's now put together multiple thousand-yard receiving seasons. And those are the kind of guys that Debo Samuel is going to be grouped with. I'm also looking at, of course, D.K. Metcalf in his own division, who you know, out of Old Miss has put together some great years up in Seattle. Um, those are all guys that I feel like, even though Debo might have the better one season than them, they are more established at the, at this point in their careers. And so Debo, to me, needs to take off from both a team and an individual standpoint in order to prove that he's worth that $20 million a year, that he's worth that 72 and a half. If he has a similar season this coming year as he did in 2021, Evan, uh, this 49ers offense would be unstoppable because you expect Brandon Ayuk to improve. And this is why we're, we're having this segment because he expects himself to take off. You expect that from Brandon Ayuk, maybe not a takeoff, but at least steady improvement as he's shown so far in his career. You get legit all pro MVP material Debo Samuel. You pair that with Christian McCaffrey with what you hope is a healthy Brock Purdy, with Brandon Ayuk, with George Kittle, with Trent Williams, with you know your Swiss Army knife in Kyle Juszczyk, that becomes the most, uh, the, the most difficult offense to stop, the most difficult offense to game plan for, the most frustrating offense to play against. Uh, so if Debo Samuel has that kind of season in him, which I think would qualify as taking off when you – look back at what he did last year um, that would have a big impact on the 49ers. You're 100% right. That offense goes from mildly frustrating to the best offense in the NFL. doesn't matter who is playing quarterback. That's how special that group is. If Debo Samuel returns to an all pro level, like he was in 2021. So good pick. It didn't come to my mind immediately because Debo Samuel has already reached that high, but you're right. Considering it, against last year there is room still for him to make that jump once again like he did in 2021 so yeah I mean I I, I almost just it, it's hard to imagine what the offense would look like if Debo Samuel returns to that level um, because you just simply never seen anything like that before in the NFL yeah it's not necessarily taking off from a ground level but it is more trying to you know go where you were before. I mean, take off from, from that sense and, and reach that level that we all believe that Debo Samuel can get to.